Welcome to Cracks and Crevices from Funny Tank, uh, where we look at the spaces in between life and find interesting things to talk about and observe. I have in mind, I'll call strategic seating, okay? And okay. Now, who thinks about this stuff? Uh, so I have this idea about all kinds of observations about where and how you choose to seat yourself at events, uh, on airplanes, um, you know, in different, different places where there's seating. It could be, I even, didn't even think of this one. There's classroom seating. It's a, <laughs> talk about it. I mean, this is something that people spend a lot of time thinking about in life. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, I don't know that too many people observed it, but, uh, think about like, I, I would, it's just starting with that one from school, right? Or if you, if you went to take a class now, even adults do this, right? You find that like, as a parent, you go to your kid's school and they have some event, a PTA thing, whatever it is, and you go in there and I can already see like people in their forties and fifties, like there's four guys sitting in the very back row. There's no one there yet. The whole place is empty. They picked the very last row. They're over there. The chair's leaning back. You know, they got, they got, they like recreated ninth grade, you know? And then that one, then you see that one person come in. They look very studious looking and it's, it's, it's a 45 year old mom. She sits right in the front row, sitting up like this. She's got her bag and notes out ready. I'm like, what do you have notes for? We're here talking about the class field trip. <laughs> you need the notes ready. Um, you know, but like, so we, so as a kid or that all the way through an adult, there's a whole strategic way that you think about seating and, and, and there's a lot that goes into that, right? Have you ever, you know, it's, it's not for nothing that people are like, somebody's like, well, you know, I need to be, I know I have to get up to go to the bathroom at least two, two times this next hour. <laughs> I just drank four coffees. So I'm going to be sitting over here. I know I got to leave early. I'm going to be, I got to, I got to have a view of the clock where I don't have to pull up my arm or look at my phone. You know, the clock is like right there. I don't have to divert from, I look like I'm looking right at the speaker, but the clock is right behind them. So I know exactly when I got to leave, you know, um, someone else is thinking like, if I sit in the very back row, it really irritates me when the, guys, the people behind me are tapping my chair and it's, it drives me nuts. So I always try to sit in the back or the side. That's kind of the mafia thing. You know, you don't want anyone behind you or on this, that's strategic seating in restaurants, right? That's a whole nother area. You know, if you're in the mafia, oh, that's a good one, right? If you're in the mafia in the restaurant seating, people go to, you know, and by the way, especially like New York people, maybe it's New York Jews and, and Italians. We there, you cannot go to a restaurant. I, I know when I go to a restaurant, Depending on who I'm with, I usually wait near, when when the when the maitre d like brings the family or the people down to their seat. I stay there because <laughs> I know the first place they get to is not going to be where we end up sitting. <laughs> going to go over there. There's a balcony seat. There's one in the back of school clothes to the kitchen. They <laughs> look. This one has a view. I don't have a view. We don't all have a view, but we need a booth. Hey, we got to have the booth. No, I got chairs. No, you don't like the chairs. You got to like you can't please everyone. And I know for sure, at least with my family, I don't care who it is. My 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 past family with my parents and my siblings and my family, my wife. They, all I know is hang out for a few minutes because you just don't know where you're <laughs> seating. Sometimes I even wait till they sit down, serve them water. I go to the bathroom. I'm like, good chance when I get back, they'll be in a different location. You know, <laughs> before I get settled down, I wait to see where we're actually going to seat. So, you know, there's like a whole strategy around where people are going to sit. Um, but then, you know, the, 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 the first thought that I had about this was, you know, what happens when you go to uh, let's say a theater or some kind of performance, mm -hmm. and there's a whole nother strategy about that because people are worried. They sit down. Uh, I got to get up. What if I'm going to get up? How do I? 
how do I get to the bathroom first during intermission? You know, uh, there's usually a huge line. If I can get out there right away, typically women will think that. Or, you know, the snack bar will be open just for the five minutes during intermission. I got to get up there. I want to be the first one. I noticed they only had three jelly donuts. If I get there first, I might be the one to get that. You know, like people think of all these strategies. And, um, and I don't know what the etiquette is. You know, sometimes I'm the guy. I'm sitting there. I'm in the middle of a row because I don't. I don't think strategically in advance, right? I get there and I think, in retrospect, I should have sat here. I could have sat there. You know what I mean? Like I could have seen the fountain view if I only had planned this ahead. I, I never think about. It. I just get there and then I'm sitting there in the middle of the aisle. All of a sudden, I got it. I got to, You know, like something something comes up. I got to go to the bathroom. And I'm there in the middle of the aisle and I look down this way and there's like 18 people not looking like they're going to get up and move. You know, it happens to be like that 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 precise moment of tension at the show. You know. Romeo's about to propose, and you're like, I, I gotta, can I get up now? I don't know what's going. I think what happens? What happens if you're in one of these like moments in the show? No one's supposed to be getting up or coming out. They won't even if you were outside. They won't let you back in. Like if you get up and go out, will they not let you back in until another intermission or something? Like I don't know what these rules are, but it's different for opera versus symphony versus a Broadway show. You know, it's all it, so. So there's all so so kind of where you sit has all these different uh, uh, implications. You know. Um, oh. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and and then there's people, by the way, just people in general are, I don't know what to say. Some people, I think, will keep their foot stuck out just enough for their bag or their umbrella right there, just hoping to see someone go by and take a face plant down the aisle or like like flop over onto Aunt Marge's lap and you, all of a sudden you're in some big lady like, I got a gag and you fell over. You know what I mean? That's happened to me. Um you know, and then by the way, this is a side note about theaters. Have you ever noticed? I don't know if it's either people are bigger or theaters are they're designing them more like airlines or something. I've gone to some shows lately where it looks beautiful. You got those comfortable, cushy seats, and you go to sit down, and then all of a sudden your knees are up, and you know, like the other chair in front of you is like right here, and you, get, and you see. And and then by the way, that whenever that happens, I always get some some beautiful woman in front of me with long flowing hair and she's doing one of these the hair she's going like this with her hair and i'm like six inches behind your hair there's like stuff flying out of hair you know as beautiful as it is there's still dandruff things are flying you know or, or your perception of that you know like you got someone else has a has a scarf or a, ro- or a coat you know you ever see those people they, they put their coat on the back of the seat and it's like oh the coat's like halfway into your seat <laughs> You know, oh, that's, I mean, that, that's, good. That's, that's a big, that's a whole, re- that's a, that's drawing the line right there. Exactly. By the way, you know, when you take this sort of seating thing onto the airlines, that's a whole other thing. What's the etiquette? I feel like there's a different etiquette if you're in the aisle, middle, window. You know, when you're in the aisle, fine. I mean, in fact, that's why I only choose an aisle now. Because otherwise, there's so much, the amount of stress that I have about can I get up, when can I get oh. up, I gotta get a disc. This person's right. sleeping. They're doing some, you know, someone takes out, you know, you know what I love it? When you're, when you're, when I'm in the aisle, this is what happens to me. Mm. I sit down. I wait for a while. You're flying. You know, you settled into the flight, and then you get all your stuff out. It takes seven minutes. You you get your bag out. You you stand up. You get your bag down. You get your computer out. You get your cords just right. You get your notes, and everything's all balanced just the right way. You got your drink over here. You get everything's all settled in, and that's when the person next to you goes, oh, "Excuse me, I got to get up." <laughs> you're like. I gotta go through seven minutes of the guy put my drink over here, take my thing, put it back in my bag, and the thing, get everything, unplug, on seatbelt, you know, take seven minutes, and then that guy gets up, comes back, then the guy in the window goes, <laughs> like, so like, and, and by the way, if I'm the guy at the window, it's, oh. it's kind of a dangerous thing, because I'm, again, I, I don't want to get up, I don't want to disturb people, I can sit there getting deep vein thrombosis on the flight, I'm like, I don't know, 
deep vein thrombosis or disturbed. Nah, I think I'll take the thrombosis. <laughs> I, mean, like, I didn't want to get up. You know, I just felt, that's why I never really take the aisle, the window, unless I know for sure that it's, you know, if it's too long a flight, I, I, it's in trouble for me. And then the, just the last comment on the, um, on the, uh, on the airline thing is, uh, um, if you ever see someone, you ever see people do literal gymnastics to get yes. over the, over, like I, I've seen, I've oh, looked over, I know I've, what you mean. <laughs> I've looked over and I'd see like last time I was on flight, I saw this like really small, flexible Chinese girl with like one leg up over here over the seat and she was doing it and because she, she was sitting next to some 275 pound like six foot seven guy who was sleeping and she was trying to get over him without she had like one foot on the on the armrest and she had her oh. other leg going, <laughs> and she got off and over the guy without waking him up I mean that was, that was, that was but if, if he woke up at the wrong time it would have been a sexual experience that's what oh I, my that's, god that's yeah, but, and when she landed she was like a perfect 9.8 like this <laughs> she stuck the landing on the aisle right exactly of course just in time for the car to go by and flatten her out oh, you know what I mean <laughs> those cars are moving fast you gotta watch out but um you know, but listen, the, 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 the other element of strategic uh, seating that I find is absolutely crucial, this is the one I do think about, it's how do you sit in a way so that you have no chance of actually interacting with the performers on the stage? That's the part, that's the part that I draw the line, all right? So as an example, like, imagine, imagine you're at like a, a show, you know, a, a um, you know, performance or whatever, and... <clears throat> You know, you're getting up. Something's going on. The worst thing that can happen is when the actors are interacting with you in the audience. So, for example, um, you know, uh, I, I had one one idea. Like, oh yeah, imagine you're there, and all of a sudden, you know, your phone rings, and the performer stops and says, uh, "Why don't you pick that up? We can wait." Yeah. As I said, uh, Romeo was about to propose here, but, uh, you know, <laughs> no hurry. Who's calling anyway? Please say hi for us. You know what I mean? You're, you're the audience. And talk, about, talk about mortifying. The strategic seating then is close to the exit. Because you'd be, you'd be at a point where a thousand people in the audience are all looking at you like, like with the death stare. Like, you know what I mean? We, we came here. We each paid a 7500 bucks each, and you interrupted our show. You know? Death <laughs> stare. That's, 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 I'm sorry, that is the worst. I mean, I, I heard. I once heard a funny one talking about the audience, the the, the stage interaction. With the I once heard uh, Ringo Starr stopped his performance once, and this was great because he's, he's a he's a hilarious guy. And he goes, you know, would you people mind putting somebody's phones away? He's like, I can't imagine going to a concert and saying like, this was great. I saw the band through the screen of the guy in front of me. <laughs> so he stopped and told everyone to put their phones away. But um, you know. So and, and and you know look the other the other example of where the uh, uh, where the audience kind of gets dragged into the show that it really kills me um, is comedy you know and I and I think we had an experience once where this happened but to me the worst thing is comedies where comedy performances where they make you part of the show and when I say make you I mean this is not a choice you're involved right you're you're over there and the comedian. All of a sudden comes over to you, the spotlight's on you, you know, whatever it is, the whole thing stops, and they start asking you questions, you know? And I'm like, I, I'm, I don't want, I'm, I'm here to like sit back, I want to enjoy the show, right? I don't want to be part of the entertainment, I'm not getting paid. I don't like it when you make the show about me. And um, how can that be fun? You know, 
I'm on the going inquisition. You're, you're hitting me up with the 20 questions. And God forbid I don't answer right or I don't answer. You know me. Like sometimes I'm a little cranky or a little edgy or something. You don't, you don't give them the right answer. You try to, I, by the way, I try to be funny and I make something up wrong. All of a sudden I'm getting ridiculed. Now that's great for the rest of the audience, right? Something about humans, we love seeing people squirm. We love seeing people get embarrassed, go beat red. But it's not fun for that person. So in terms of strategic seating, if I ever go to a show where there's any chance of being uh, uh, drawn into the actual show, I want to be in the last row. I want to be behind a column. Like I'd like, I want to go to a thing where like I got to go like this to see, just in case, just in case, just in case the guy starts going looking around the audience. Then I can go be back behind the tall column. You know what I mean? Like I do not want to be in the show. And um, you know, it, I mean, it's just anything they can do to embarrass you. And you know, the uh, what if you were there to be incognito? You know, you went, you're in L.A., you go to a comedy show, you don't, or wherever you are. You're just trying to hide out. You know, you had a really tough day. All of a sudden, you're on stage. Hey! They got the spotlight on you. They're asking you questions. Well, I got fired today. You know, you got to answer. Like, what if it's the worst day? You went to comedy just to get relief, you know? So, um, and, and, and I will say that uh, at some points, I'm like, if, if that does happen to me, I want to just be like, okay, buddy, if you insist that I'm in, then I'm really in. <laughs> All right? I'm going to jump up on the stage. It's my show now, okay? <laughs> Imagine they get that. That's like you can literally have a fist fight with the comedian or something. But um, and 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 you know, I will say though that the uh, the worst ones for that are the late night the late night shows. That's why I never go want to be on you know uh, Kimmel or um, uh, Fallon or whatever it is because they you know they, they'll pick some guy out and they will embarrass the hell out of them. I mean, oh, they'll, they'll yeah. ask them about who they're sitting with, what's their sex life happening, they're dating, are they married, what's the kids, are they. What kind of job are you make a living? What's happening with you? You know, what kind of car do you drive? You know, you're there national TV. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I mean, and some people actually enjoy this. You, you can see that some people, like the person running down the stairs at the Price is Right when she gets called like this, ah, you know, like some people really enjoy it though. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I don't know what what's going on in their mind, but they really they they don't mind that odd attention. Well, to me, uh, that it brings up the point about what I call the plant, because I think, oh. I think those people, I mean, I really, I, I hate to be such a cynic or whatever, but I think when it goes just a little too well, like as you said, uh, 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 let's make a deal, they call you out and the boys like, ah! they're running down the thing like, where are you from? You know what I mean? Like you've never seen, like, they're going, to, right, just so they can maybe like guess the price of that uh, box of, of popcorn, you know, and they're like, they're all, they're, you know. I feel like there's plants, you know, especially like when they go, especially when it's like, you know, again, uh, when I used to watch Letterman or whatever, if they go into the audience or, uh, you know, and uh, I feel like they've already planned it. They, you know what I mean? The people know that's going to happen. So uh, I, 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 I think so, too. Yeah. I so uh, and they, they strategically place them in certain seats, I guess, you exactly. know, exactly. So it's strategic seating all again from a different perspective. Every but, time uh, you, have to, you see the show, you notice it's the same seat that 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 that, you know. The comedian's going to pick somebody out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, how, how about in, like, church or, like, in temple? Mm. I mean, I don't know how often you went to temple, but in church, I remember the whole – because you're dealing with pews. I don't know how it works in, 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 a, in a synagogue. I assume it's the same thing. You have these long pews that people sit in, and then all of a sudden you're eight people in. And wherever you are in that kind of dictates a lot of things during the course of the, uh, the Mass. But the most important thing is how quickly – you can get out, you yeah. know, when everyone kind of exits. But even more importantly, when you first get to church, you don't want to kind of be there too early. 
So at some points you you end up making sure that you're there late, so you only catch the last twenty minutes. So it's the seating is critical, you know. I don't know how about in temple. You bring that up that so that adds the element of timing. It's like the fourth dimension to the seating strategic strategic seating strategery. <laughs> I mean, you're right because same thing with temple. You know, you you, you it's the problem with the temple is it's not consistent. I don't know if churches you know if they're more similar, but. Every synagogue I've been to, you know, it's not that many, but they're wildly different. You can go sit they're down in one, and you can be like, oh, it's 20, 25 minutes. It's enjoyable. There's a speech or something. Uh, others will be like two hours, 25 minutes. <laughs> you get there on time, you can be like, what am I, you know. So the strategic seating there is, again, where, where can you get your phone out and just, you know, do a little research or reading or check, check your email and your news while it's going on. There's something, there's something um, uh, what's the word, uh, irreverent or... Uh, Sacrilege. I don't know what the word is. There, I do feel pretty guilty. You ever take out like a phone during during church or something? I don't know if you go, you know if you. No, no. That's the last I've time you went. I rarely go to church, but I, yeah. I mean I don't think they had phones when I used to go to church. Yeah, no, they didn't. It, it, no, if they did. You'd bring you'd be bringing in your rotary phone <laughs> with a long line back to the thing. Hello. If the phone rang in church in those days, it was it was presumed to be something else. Well, but. Usually, what happens is the the, the the big event is the communion, or I mean the <clears throat> when you take the. Mm. The bread, I guess, right? Yeah. And that's usually about the last 10 minutes of the whole, the whole Mass. So as long as you can get to the church within five minutes of that event, you qualify as having gone to the whole church. Right. So usually the back seating area is where everyone piles in at the last minute so that their moms and everyone feels like they went to church. And then you get 10 minutes later, you're out of there, you know? Yeah, what a great group. Of, what a, what you're a... shaking hands with everybody. You know, you're there. everyone thinks you've been there the whole time, as long <laughs> as you're back, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, the, speaking of the strategic timing, um, it, it makes me think, I remember my family used to do this. My dad used to do this. We'd go somewhere, like in, uh, I think this happened in D.C., where it was like a strategy for going to some sort of concert, mm. but you didn't buy the tickets. <laughs> so you show up at intermission. <laughs> and sometimes they'll give away, someone going out, will not mm. be coming back, and they'll be like, oh, here's, here's, yeah, you can do the second half. So I've seen the second half of many great performances. Oh. <laughs> that's like, oh. I mean, it was like, it's, I, I can't believe I'm thinking back now, like, that's the strategy we had. It was, by the way, in our case, <laughs> in, our, in our case, it had more to do with, um, not that we didn't, my dad didn't want to buy tickets, but like, we didn't even know if we were going. We were having dinner. We were still having dinner during the first part of the show. And people were like, what are we doing now? Oh, let's go by. Wait, I think we can make it. Intermission's up in about. <laughs> we'd be like, you know, whatever. Let's drop into, you know, uh, we'll see the second half of Les Mis or something. You know, we're passing by. What's going on right now? Let's go in. Let's see what it is, you know. Like, oh, I've, seen, I've seen bits and pieces. Sometimes, you know, uh, so the, the strategic timing, uh, you know, plays, uh, plays a lot of roles. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> so, um, God. Uh, anyway, um, well, I hate to bring up the seating thing uh, from a from an Asian perspective, but boy, they're obsessed, absolutely obsessed with seating, especially in business meetings or almost in any setting. Really? Like, if you go to a restaurant with a Chinese group, let's say it's business or or any in, in type of setting, and I've had this happen a couple times when there just weren't any circular tables; they just ran out of the circular tables. They only had square tables left. Yeah. The group will, depending on how like uh, aggressive and assertive they are, they'll literally just say no. We'll we'll wait until the circle circular. They cannot sit in a non-circular table. Well, I, I love. 
Go ahead. No, I love what I love about that is it ties into our other ongoing topic of superstitions and behaviors that people have. So there's, there's, there's a, there has to do with luck, right? If you imagine if you believe that sitting at a square table is bad luck for your business meeting, like, and and then the meeting doesn't go well. You know, it's kind of like bad luck. I almost think it's superstition. It's definitely tied into the culture. I mean, I think we even even in, in I mean, round tables or square tables have been your standard table options for millennia, right? Yeah. It's not that Europeans didn't have square round, but the have you noticed that the Chinese growing up, oh. Chinese restaurants always had round tables. Did you not notice that? Well, like, I, I, know, I know they had them, and I, and I can totally picture the the most sort of uh, China, 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 Chinese places that I've been to in Chinatown, they all are the round tables. I totally agree. But then I can picture so many others with just a regular no, old square No, you're right. You know, in some of the smaller ones, they were square because it's just much more efficient yeah. to have square. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But in the, in the nicer restaurants, they're round. And then there's a whole procedure of every business meeting, let's say you go with 12 people to a, to, into a room, and you have a couple, three people, four people on the client side and five people on your side. The top two guys will stand there and try to figure out where everybody sits relative to everybody else in that unique oh dynamic. And every meeting I've ever been to in China, when you go into that room, you don't sit down. You stand and wait for everyone to assign. And you then know, it's a big, oh, no, no, you sit there. Oh, no, oh, no, no. He so wait, wait, You know what you just opened up? I had no idea how big this topic is. You just, re you just made me realize that, like, what, think about wedding seating. Anytime oh. there's a formal seating, what table? I can't. I can't. Your uncle's gonna sit with my with, with my brother. That's never gonna. You know, you, you, oh, no, you no, no, sat that my good. ex. The ex is sitting with the thing. You know, how about a, a party of like divorced families, and then they, you know, they're having the the, the party for the kids. <laughs> and like who's sitting? The, the dividers. Sometimes they have room dividers <laughs> with the uh, the table at the front, but there's like a divider in the room. This person's up front going like. Uh, for my family on this side of the room, and those of you in the Lido deck over here, you know, like the, um, uh, the, the strategic city, you're right, in a business, you ever go to a conference, and then all of a sudden, all the, everyone, they call everyone in for the, for the lunch or whatever, and you're looking around, you got to check your list, oh, I, I needed to meet the guy from this company, that uh, sitting over here, I got to run over there, if you see too early, right, sometimes you can take the risk, I got to sit down too early, and then all the losers come and join you, <laughs> Like all the stragglers, that didn't, they see you there. Like, ah, oh, there's someone I can sit with. And then you know, and then if you go too late, you you know, oh. you sit at somebody else. Oh, somebody's already sitting here. Everyone's muscling in. So to your point, like the seating thing. Uh, but before I forget, um, as I was thinking about the restaurant thing, right in the chain, in like my favorite kind of Chinese restaurants downtown, um, I go in, and and unless I'm like if I'm with my own, if I'm with you or a group of people, like often we'll get our own table. But if you're by yourself. They'll put you at a table, right, with other people. I, speaking of strategic thing, I wonder what they're thinking. Like, ah, uh, let's see, this guy looks like he'll, you know, I think he'll fit with these guys. Like, how do they decide where to put you? You know, so like, it's so fat. You you just opened up an entire another world, though, of uh, literally strategic, incredible strategic things. Sometimes sometimes things better in those events. Not even to sit down. Just walk around, you know, you pretend like you're going to sit. You look at this table, you talk to a few people there, but then you get up, you go over here, you're being very strategic. Hey, by the way, growing up, were you, was your family kitchen table a round table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I'm now thinking there might be a whole bunch of research on the, the psychological impact of growing up sitting in a round table versus a square table. We grew up on a square table. <laughs> That's like what happened. Boring factions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it was always warring. But here's, here's the bizarre thing. Even with a round table, 
we still had spots. Like this was my part oh. of the round table near this part of the room, mainly because the TV was over here, whatever, you know, <laughs> like because you know, the other one, I was in the winter, I was on this seat. No one knew the heater was right behind me. I got the extra heat coming up there. You know, like it, was, it was very strategic, um, you know, and, and by the way, I don't think, go ahead, go ahead. But that, that order in your family, like where you sat and where, where your two sisters sat relative to your mom and dad, that, you know, that, that's kind of like a family structure, you know, and, and, and uh, well, you know, in these days, I wonder what's changed in the family. Like it used to be the dad, you know what I mean? That's the dad's seat. No one mess with the dad's seat. You know? Today, the dad's like, you're in the garage. <laughs> dad, well, lucky if you're going to eat it. It's like the dad's like the dog today. They put out some plate of food. Um, <laughs> dad just don't have clout anymore. You know what I mean? No, but you're, no you're right. I mean, I, I would say up until like 10, up until 10, 15 years ago, you had that picture of the guy sitting there with the newspaper, you know. Right, right, right. But that's, yeah, that's in the, the dinner. That's, that's where the dad sits. The dad sits over there, but not, but then when he comes into the into the, uh, I remember as a kid when I would go over to some other uh, kid's house for dinner. God forbid, I sat down in the dad's seat. <laughs> that happened one time. Oh no, no, that's that's uh, you know Mr. So and So's seat. You over here, you know. What I mean, like then like 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 imagine yourself showing up today, and they said, and, 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 and like I literally be like. Son, you have to move. That's where I sit. Like, what the? They're all the. Well, you know, you know, maybe you're. Maybe you have a more relaxed, easygoing family. In my family, with my my siblings, they have these little. They have these little, you know, little kids. And so when I sit down at the table with them, if I sit in their dad's seat, they'll say no. They'll tell me to the kid, move. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, little yeah. kid will tell me to move. Like, what are you doing sitting in my parents' seat? Yeah, yeah. No, no. They do. They do that today. But like, I, I you know. <laughs> And then there's those awkward mo- – those, those, that, that's a whole other topic that we're going to bring up a different time, which is the, the awkward experience of dropping in on someone else's family thing. Because the thing is, the, the, in a family-like setting, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff comes up. Conversations happen. That's where they work out the worst things. They talk about the worst, the best, the whatever it is. Uh, it's like all the dirty laundry comes out. And then some guest comes over, right? So the guest is there. All that dirty laundry is just under the surface. No one's talking about it. You know what I mean? They're all going like – Pass the chicken, you know. Meanwhile, they're saying like, "Pass the chicken, you motherfucker." <laughs> you didn't do your homework for two weeks, son. No more TV for you. Whatever, like it's all going on under this. So you're you're like, you're you're invading that environment. So it's kind of like that's why when I meet families, I prefer to go out. <laughs> hey, we got some pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll meet you at Vinny's. Um, so uh, so anyway, yeah, seating seating's an it's, it's 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 something we do. We don't we don't sit as much as we sleep, but we sit. Probably what an hour or two a day, every day with people. Yeah. So it's a big part of our lives. Well, and then you could also we could also and we cars, could also sitting in cars and planes, you know. We didn't even talk about cars. Is the shotgun thing? Which oh. I'm not sure what's called shotgun. You know, uh, and and you you know where you sit? Do you get in the middle seat, the back seat, the front? Do you prefer where you know where do you where do you you know the car thing? Um, by the way, uh, when you get on a train, are there certain things? Oh. That, you ever sit facing forward or backwards when the train is going like this? This is like literally seating. It's like it's a deep topic. Um, and by the way, you just brought up strategic sleeping. I don't just sleep in one way. I got a whole strategic thing. So, so anyway. Well, no one went to sleep when you're seat in, seat in, in a seating position. That's critical, too, so no one sees you. Don't that's exactly. another <laughs> if you mean if like your mouth hangs open. So, so anyway, for today, I think that covers the topic. We- And, uh, but, but I had one idea for a bonus topic for a couple minutes, uh, which sort of ties naturally into what you're saying, 
which is funny because I, one of the subjects I had on the list of bonus topics is, I'll call it the one thing from childhood, okay? Uh, what is one thing that happened in childhood that was impactful, embarrassing, you remember it really well, or whatever? And the one thing I was going to bring up for me, and this relates to what we were just talking about with your house or whatever, was Sylvester Stallone movies, <laughs> right? It's just, it'll either go nowhere or it'll be an interesting conversation. But in, in our era, the impact of Rocky, and in particular Rambo, was like huge. I think there are more people that started exercise programs, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know what, but it was like, I, I don't know if that would go over so well today, the idea of this like really kind of raw, manly, the boxer, he's a fighter, he's a warrior, he goes, you know, later on he's going to Vietnam, he's going to Korea, he's doing, all, you know, the, the whole thing with uh, with Rambo. Afghanistan. Afghan was he in Afghanistan in one of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, so that, that's, I, I'll bring it up for the, for the, for the very short diversional topic. Um, the one thing from childhood for me was Sylvester Stallone. What, what about you? Is there one thing you can bring back from childhood that you remember that was like particularly impactful? Oh, you know, it's funny because I, I, I was thinking you were going in the direction of that, you know, like, you know, emb very embarrassing moments. <laughs> well, I, I could, but I have, I have to have some of that too. Impactful, embarrassing. Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> I, mean, you know I, I was, I was kind of preparing for how deep I was going to go, but now, now I can bring it back a little bit. So, like, what moves I'll like try to match you. I don't have, I don't know if it's that embarrassing for me, but go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I, uh, you know, in terms of uh, cultural influences or what have you, I mean, I was, not that influence, but I was a huge fan of Evil Knievel. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Me too, me too. So yeah, I, I kind of wonder, like, like was that before Stallone? I think that was before, right? Evil Knievel, man. I had the I had the car, like the uh, like a, a motorcycle thing. Uh, oh, you, did you have that thing that you wound up like this? Yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was like shot out, and it had a ramp, and yeah. uh, you know, and and that's uh, what. I, I, and it was a cool motorcycle with like good. Good tires. Oh yeah, it was Can one of those. Not, there was like a little Evil Knievel doll on there. It was, and it, it, it was one of those things where you where you rev it up, and it it, it gets like a whole like uh, yeah, yeah. motion thing, and then it flies off. And and by the way, I think that's why they wrote that episode of Happy Days where the Fonz is like on his motorcycle, he's challenging some guy to like how many cars can they jump over, rows of tires. It was all tied to the Evil Knievel thing. So, uh, uh, talk, about, talk about the Fonz. Were you there with me? I, I, I no, remember. but you you said you said that is forever etched in my memory. The photo of I'm you and Henry Winkler. That no, I mean you got to be from yeah. our era to appreciate the the level of gravity of that, you know. And, uh, and I got to tell you, man, it was the only time, and I thought I've had many, where I handled the celebrity moment well. <laughs> you know, and I've that had I've a lot. Had sometimes when I've blown it, yeah. Well, fairly recently too and uh but but that one i handled with composure and respect and uh you know i, I think i ingratiated him it, it was the perfect balance of things so uh uh the the fonz was absolutely for me a huge like i don't know about you but for me the fonz seared into me like i guess the way rambo seared into you like it just like mm. i couldn't believe somebody could be that cool it was like, no I, no I he sucked at how cool that guy was i know? was i was the fonz for halloween at least three years in a row <laughs> I had a shirt that said A. No, that was no, that was that was a. Your meeting him was like the closest I came to meeting him. That was meaningful to me. The fact that you met 
him, and I have a photo of it. Remember that? That was, by the way, around the same time, I sent you a photo of me uh, taking a, a, a sort of selfie with Regis Philbin in the background. Oh, I told <laughs> that, that was weird. That was, that was, that was like, he was over there at the water cooler, and I was over there, you know, with my computer taking a, taking a picture. Uh, but, um, but anyway, so, uh, that, that's absolutely hilarious. The, uh, uh, the, uh, happy days thing. So, okay, um, now for our, our sort of final uh, recurring segment, uh, I've got our funny tip of the day. Um, and for today's uh, uh, observation about, um, you know, what makes things funny and how do you engage funny, because again, one of the themes of Funny Tank here, one of the main themes of what we're doing is figuring out how people can engage their own uh, internal sense of, not humor, just their, the, you know, how do you uh, observe and engage in the funny that's happening all around you just makes life better. Uh, so one of the things I was saying, thinking about is uh, the use of extremes, okay? So when you're in some environment where there's a quantity or a, a length of time or something, uh, throw out something that's like so outrageously extreme and people will be either confused or they'll find it particularly hilarious. So like, I don't know, like someone was asking me for directions, you know, and I might do something like saying, you know, I think about it, you go down, you go this way, you know, they're trying to take a walk and catch some, you know, some location, and it's about, and you'll be there in about two and a half hours. <laughs> and they'll be like, what are you, and, and, and the whole, you know, and the whole thing is they're like, what, well, you say, are you really, what, you know, and, and, the, and the whole point, but then you have to be, what's crucial is the timing of when you reveal that you were being funny, because if you right. go too long, you're just a dick. Right? If you give it up too soon, two and a half hours, <laughs> like if you do it, if you do it too soon, you know, like you, you, you got to let the joke, you know, get some legs, all right? You know, but you can do something, <laughs> do things like that. Um, or, or I've done things like, you know, call up a restaurant and be like, yeah, um, you have a reservation, you know, for uh, uh, 7 p.m. Yeah, sure, how many people? Oh, uh, we got 42 people, you know, we'll be in uh, the bus who's coming and it's going to meet us there. It might be, might be 60 people. <laughs> now, that one, you got to be careful. They're like, I don't, you know, they, it, it, like that one's just most likely not that funny. You know what I mean? Like, this is where you got to, like, figure out which ones are funny. But just always look for extremes of either minimal, maximal, temperature things, uh, quantities, volumes, how Good. far you went, how long you worked out, whatever it is. You can look for opportunities to do something extreme. So uh, that's the funny tip of the day. Uh, right. And just for the wrap-up, you know, reminding you to uh, keep your eyes, ears, and especially your nose open because you never know when you're going to smell something funny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thanks for uh, joining us today for uh, Cracks and Crevices.
could, you know, this is when we would break to callers, okay? But we're still uh, behind on our, our tech setup and everything, so we don't have the callers or the letters or emails to read. Huh. Letters, and you know, someone mails in some letters, you know? <laughs> we'll get them in by mail. I'll, I'll be opening it up, opening some envelopes, you know? 